Welcome to the Stone Church Podcast, a series of conversations inspired by Sunday messages we hope will spark your curiosity and encourage you in your faith journey. Tommy Olajide here, back again for more of our Heart of Stone series. Lead Pastor Godfrey Adley is back and we have our energetic youth and young adults pastor Jackson Rogers with us. Hey. Welcome Jackson. In our last episode, Love God Wholeheartedly, we covered some really challenging issues of obedience and hypocrisy. It sounds like I'm going to say, and this week it will be a bed of roses, but I think this episode can be just as challenging because this one is titled Love People. In fact, the topic is to love people sacrificially. Yes, uh, this was a, a really challenging um, message to approach. I, I remember starting it and, and then restarting it uh, at least three times with different approaches. Mm. And, and I was prayerfully considering what the Lord wanted me to share because I wanted to be helpful mm. and, and wanted to talk about something that, that people were wrestling with in their lives, right? And the Lord kept on bringing me back to this passage in Romans. And it's a passage that can be a tough one, but you're right in that it definitely has something to offer us. And especially in this moment where we're in now, coming out of a pandemic, dare I say, and people having so many opinions and convictions about everything. Yeah, that, that's right. And, and what I've witnessed uh, throughout this time is that really there's, there's more than one pandemic going on. Uh, one is we that we, you know, readily refer to as the health-related one. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also see um, during this time that there's been a pandemic of of fear, and distrust and division, even in the church. And labels are being slapped onto people, and the enemy is having uh, a field day. <sighs> yeah. Now the issues are 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 complex. The stakes are high. Um, but I think the church should be an example. Uh, to everyone of how to love, even in the midst of troubled times. Uh, Jesus was very clear on this. He said, I, I give you a new command, love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are to also love one another. And by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And so we that belong to the family of God need to be able to work our our, uh, ourselves through issues in times of uncertainty before we can expect others to do the same. And, and that's where Romans 13 comes in. Uh, I'm going to read it, um, Romans 13, uh, verses 1 and 2, and this is what it says. Let everyone submit to the governing authorities, since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So then, the one who resists the authority is opposing God's command, and those who oppose it will bring judgment on themselves. Mm. Uh, this is a, a really hard uh, passage for us to consider with, with everything that's going on in our world today. Oh, it's it's so complicated, you know, and, and I think at, at the micro level, or the macro level, if I should say, it's a simple thing, right? Hey, love people. But when you get into all of these these things and these topics and everything is just so connected, it, uh, it's very difficult to navigate. 
think I was talking to somebody about this early on during the uh, pandemic about how, you know, they're, they're saying, yes, we need to obey the authorities, but what if they are telling us to do something that, you know, is against God's word. And, and so we had to unpack that even. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a conversation, you know, this was specifically about, you know, mass mandates in the church. And, and uh, I said, well, you know, like there's nowhere in God's word saying that we have to meet together with 600 people on a Sunday, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. right. And so it's, it, it's really, really difficult. And I think it's, it's just a matter of, of knowing the scriptures and, and really kind of trying to decipher God's heart in, in all of it, right? And trying to live like Jesus. It, mm-hmm. it's, so it's a simple thing, but it's also like, I'm, I've been very frustrated and very challenged navigating all of this, loving people through these very divisive times. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't think it's just I you. think you're in good company. <laughs> yeah. In terms of viewing the authorities, you know, as you said in your sermon, words like fair, just honest, upright, godly, Unfortunately, these aren't words that we readily associate with any government. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet, yet here are the words written in, in the Bible. And may I remind you about who wrote those words? It was Paul uh, who was put to death by the state of Rome. Um, at the time, the Roman Empire was, uh, Emperor was Nero. He wasn't a friend to Christians, and yet Paul still pens these words. Now, throughout history, there have been occasions in matters of faith where Christians have chosen to oppose uh, the, the policies and practices of a government. However, what I want to caution us all on is, is making civil disobedience a core tenet of our faith, mm. mm-hmm. right? It's, it, you know, and for some people, that is the most important part. It's almost the, maybe the only part that they that they want to make a part of their faith in certain, in certain cases. But for reasons beyond us, uh, the teaching and example that we see in Scripture is, is one of honoring authorities and allowing them to do what they have been mandated to do. And, and this respect uh, should be extended to everyone, even evil rulers, you, you may ask. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is that something? Well, yes, we, we have some surprising examples in scriptures to, to wrestle with. But as hard as it is, uh, we have to acknowledge that civil authority, as imperfect as they are, are ordained by God. And, and this includes wicked rulers as well as good ones. Uh, the Bible tells us that, that kings are guided into office. Uh, Jeroboam, uh, Nebuchadnezzar are two examples of, of evil rulers that are used by God. Well, and you also mentioned uh, Pilate in your sermon, right? And, and that I, I like to look to, you know, his, his time uh, of, of ruling because that's, that's the, the person that, that Jesus dealt with, right? Yeah, that was yeah. what, what immediately happened in, in his, and, and it really does come back to looking at what did Jesus do in that circumstance, yeah, and uh, in that confrontation, if you you know if you remember, Jesus was silent, and mm. and he says, "Do do refuse to speak to me? I have authority to release you. I have the the authority to crucify you." And right. and Jesus responds, "Hey, you'd have no authority over me at all if it hadn't been given to you from above." Wow. 
And, and so, you know, Romans 13.1 includes Pilate, you know, and Paul, Paul knew these, these other scriptures that had been shared uh, through there, that God's the one that, that removes kings and established kings, that's, that's from Daniel, uh, that they're all under his control. He puts them into office for specific times mm. in specific places. And so we, we have to come to grips somehow with the fact that when it speaks in this scripture, that it's talking about all authorities. They're all instituted uh, by God. And we're instructed in verse 6, uh, to do some specific things, right? So it, it talks about some things that we, we need to do. Pay taxes, uh, pay your obligations to everyone, you know, taxes to those who you owe taxes, tolls, who you owe tolls. And, and again, I was joking around, nobody likes to pay their tolls, right? <laughs> yeah. The 407 tolls or whatever the toll worst. road <laughs> might be near you. But, but we're called to pay them, not if we agree with them, right. but because they're, they're and, then he, and then he ends with respect to those who you owe respect and honor to those who you owe honor. Meaning you got to laugh at all your pastor's jokes. <laughs> that's, I think that's in there. I don't, um, I don't think it's in there, but you know, okay, noted. <laughs> but we're talking about loving people here now in the 21st century, not first century Roman empire. So yeah, does this really still apply to us today? Mm. Well, yes, Tommy. I'm sorry, I can't <laughs> give you a way out uh, of uh, <laughs> uh, of doing that. So, yes, uh, Tommy. Even today, God governs the world through human civil authority, and that was God's plan. Uh, humans didn't create government; God did. Uh, humans don't sustain it; God does. And civil authority is God's idea for this age. And, and we live in some tension because sometimes the, the, the government doesn't uh, reflect our ideals. And uh, many rulers are anti-Christians, and yet they take uh, your money uh, in taxes, which is ultimately God's money, and they, and they do things that we wouldn't necessarily agree with. They, they can make unwise and unfair decisions. And yet, I say to you again that civil authority is God's chosen instrument to govern the world. And, and, and can I meddle even a little bit more in that? Is that we, as the church, are not, at least at this point. We, okay. we know that we are going to uh, rule and reign with Christ, right? That's our future, but that's in the new heaven and the new earth. And, and so there's no text telling us exactly how active or inactive we should be. But, but this is where God's um, people really need to flex our muscles of faith. Uh, Romans is clear on what our approach to authority should be. And, and uh, it's basically these three things, is that we're to pay, we're to pay respect, whatever is owed, we're to obey, and we're also told that we should pray. And so I see a lot of us doing, um, you know, different things. We feel like we need to approach it in different ways. But these are the scriptural ways that I see. We pay, we obey, and we pray for things to change. Mm -hmm. I like that. Okay, so this is where it's getting very real. The issues of governance and uh, eschatology? Eschatology? Eschatology. Eschatology. Do you know know what that is? Yes, obviously. Do you know what it means? 
Yeah, it's the study of end times, right, Pastor G? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to yeah. say, obviously. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, those issues are very real. But, you know, I think for some of us, they seem so far removed from our day to day and how we deal with other people on a daily basis. I think most of us would immediately be challenged by that. Yeah, by the specific loving the inner circle of people in our lives. Right. Mm, like, mm. yeah, I, I think I think that is that is a, a chief problem in all of our lives. And and maybe my job here today is not just to to uh, to teach or anything, but to just emote feelings about what we're talking about, because I definitely relate. Um, and, um, you know, especially with other Christians, even. Yeah. Right. Mm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you think that, oh, we're. We're so glad that we're part of the family of God, right? I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God, right? Like, oh, it's so great. Mm. Do you know that song? No, it's it's okay. Um, <laughs> I do, I do. Oh, thank you. Um, but um, yeah, sometimes it's like all holding hands and 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 singing kumbaya, but it's not, right? Mm. And I think I was talking with uh, a young adult actually a few years ago, and uh, and he was saying, man, like. I, do other churches deal with this? Like, do other churches deal with these, like, inter-church, you know, like, like working through stuff? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's easy to think that it's, that oh, do. it's maybe it's our church or maybe it's me. But uh, but we all deal with it. And, and actually, I, I would think it's a good indication that we're getting to, like, a deeper level of of community. Right. Okay. With with mm-hmm. one another when we have these these struggles. Right. Because it's very easy to love people when you go, hi, how are you? Yeah. You know what? How are you doing? Good. OK, goodbye. Right. Surface That's level. easy to. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's easy to love people like that. But when you're actually like dealing with like, you know, some of their their the habits or things that they've said to you or things like really like dealing with them and not just burying these things. Mm. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's very, very difficult. Yeah, I I um I made a list uh of sort of sort of things that are in tension uh during this time because I, I always felt like, you know, why am I feeling so overwhelmed by the current situation? Why why do I feel like um, you know, this heaviness almost over it? And and then I started to realize how many different sort of competing opinions there are in this and 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 i came to the conclusion there really aren't any easy answers in the season uh that we're in uh that there's this conversation between rights versus faith and things that god's demands versus things that christians want and political agendas versus medical agendas and corporate preferences uh versus personal convictions scientific evidence versus wishful thinking and anecdotal evidence and an impact um, economically uh, versus health and safety. And, and, and again, the list goes on and on. And, it, and it's easy in these times to sit back and share our opinions as if they were facts. And I, I've caught myself a couple of times saying, you know, if I was running this country or if I was running this <laughs> province or if I was running the school system, right, they should be doing this or all churches should be mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah. Uh, but I think it really, like, we, we think of ourselves too highly mm. sometimes as, like, we're the experts. <laughs> we have it all figured out. Yeah, like what you're saying is, you know, maybe some, some empathy, maybe walking, 
you know, a mile in, in someone's shoes, right? I, I think I remember you uh, saying something about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's, um, these things get so convoluted, right? These, these debates and these, you know, there's just so many layers and it just gets so muddled. Um, but it's finding that sweet spot of trying to cut through all of that divisiveness and 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 loving the person right loving and 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 finding that common ground in yeah. who jesus is and who we are as children of god um and 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 having that empathy right and having mm-hmm. that that like i i pray a lot i don't know about you guys but i pray a lot of lord give me your eyes right give me eyes mm-hmm. to see the way that you see this situation because mm-hmm. it's easy to get like so self-focused and so like oh this is how this person's made me feel or this is how this thing that's happening political is making me feel mm-hmm. um but it's taking that moment to like hey like what would jesus do how like all yeah. the cliches right like uh-huh. what would jesus do uh give me the eyes to see give me ears to hear get, like give me a, a a bit of a break so i can kind of you know take this over to you and yeah. give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you see Jesus do that a lot in, in his ministry, always going to the Father to pray and have that time to kind of get recharged and, and taking these polarizing um, debates with, you know, the people, the zealots on one side and the Pharisees on the other and then the Romans watching all of it. Like that's, like sometimes we forget the the tension that that would have been. And he kind of cuts through it all mm-hmm. by, by these incredible statements of, of, you know, this, this common ground and this, you know, mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. I think, I think we need to strive for that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I don't mean, I don't think we should, you know, give up our values or, or just, you know, not talk about these things. Mm. But I think we, we really need to put the first things first when we're talking to these things and uh, talking about these things. And we need to really make sure that it's not our fleshy emotions that are getting the better of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, completely agree. And I love that you said, what would Jesus do? That's something that I've been saying um, a lot lately because mm. I think, you know, praise God that we live in a time that we do, but it's easy nowadays to, Uh, be so empowered I guess or find the quotes and the sayings and the trends or whatever it is that allows us to ask everyone to speak up and have an opinion and have a voice and and say what they need to say but then it can be easy with that said to lose sight of the point lose sight of what would Jesus do and even this call to loving people yeah, and it's the Holy Spirit that reveals that stuff to us, right? I was just talking to our students a couple of weeks ago about, like, if, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, you would have had to fly to Jerusalem, stand in line to talk to Jesus, and ask Him what He would do, right? Mm. But we have, mm-hmm. we have the Holy Spirit, we have God's Word, that, and, and it's really finding that time and finding that discipline to go to that right go to those places even picturing i'm flying to jerusalem right now in my <laughs> head and i'm going to go talk to jesus about this cuz i really need some clarity yeah. um that i think uh, we have with the mm-hmm. power of the holy spirit mm-hmm. right but yeah it, it is very easy to get kind of caught up in the crazy cycle uh-huh. of you know just like i have something to say yes exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we all want to do it we all want to do it So this is where you looked at Romans 13, uh, verse 8 to 10. And I thought I would read it. So Romans 13, verse 8 to 10. Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another, one's neighbor, has fulfilled the law. The commandments 
Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment are summed up by this commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Yeah, there's so much in, uh, in those verses. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted us to note first that in each of those verses, the word neighbor is used. And so I love the, this fact that, again, he's pointing to, again, something that is outside of ourselves, right? It doesn't start with uh, us. It starts with who are our neighbors, uh, what do they need, uh, what, where, what position uh, are they in, and I think that if we start, you know, as, as, uh, as Jackson was saying earlier, talking about walking in other people's shoes and sort of, again, understanding from where they're coming from and then our obligation to love them where they are, mm. right, that, that can help. But love is this debt that never gets paid off. I also like this idea that he has there. We can't give excuses. Well, I was loving yesterday. I, I did that <laughs> last week. Um, but this is something that we, we have to continually lean into. And we, we have a difficult time sometimes loving our neighbors. We have lots of excuses as to why we can't love people where they're at or with the opinion that they have or, yeah, in, in terms of what stance they take on certain things. Mm. Yeah, and I think the the word neighbor uh, denotes this like it's it's this immediate person that you don't have a choice, right? That that is in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like sometimes we get to pick and choose our circles and the yeah. people craft the people that are around us and and they're typically like minded and things. But the whole neighbor is you don't get a choice who your neighbor is. I don't know if you've ever moved in to a uh, subdivision <laughs> and then someone moved in after you and you're like, no, 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 like I don't pick you, right? I pick someone else. You don't get to decide. And I think the, the neighbor thing is, is very, uh, yeah, it's, it's immediate and, and you don't really have a choice on who you're loving. You just have to love mm-hmm. who's in front of you. The first part of what you said, Pastor G, really stands out as well. Love is a debt that never gets paid off. You know, we need to keep it going. Mm. It's it's quite a responsibility. Yeah, and and, and what's really key about when uh, Paul writes this is um, every a lot of the law was written in the negative. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. But he turns it around. He says, do this. Mm-hmm. This is what you're to do. So quit focusing on what you're not supposed to do and start focusing on what you're supposed to do and 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 it's it's this idea of love and and um it elevates everything to um again when jesus you know came on the scene he expanded sort of the definition of what it is to to be a neighbor it's not just those who are living close to us um but there's a whole cross section of people that we have connection with that would be considered our neighbors yeah, God's love goes beyond just refraining to do evil, but uh, commands us to do good, right? Not not to, you know, the the former is you know white knuckling through, you know, loving people and life, and the latter is is really uh, being proactive mm. and 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 doing good and and seeing heaven come down to earth. If you've ever done something for someone 
that is a good thing to do, but it comes from obligation mm-hmm. and not an actual, you know, like a mandate from Jesus, like in your heart to actually love this person. And it, you, it doesn't work out, right? It never really comes across as truly uh, loving. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. You can't, um, can't make a system no. <laughs> in terms of, of how to do it. And yet that, that's really what a, a lot of the religious system was at the time mm, where they right. were like trying yeah. to prescribe how you should live life. And, uh, and that's what Jesus sort of started giving people practical examples of what it looked like to, to love people. Um, and, you know, not, Again, just keeping commands, but actually reaching out and and I know in Luke and um, Luke ten is kind of like the same conversation is captured from Luke's perspective that we looked at in a previous episode of Matthew twenty two, and he talks in that about being a neighbor. And, and when I read that passage, I, I kind of draw out four different characteristics of being a, a true neighbor through this parable of the the Good Samaritan. I know a lot of people know this story, but maybe you could paraphrase it for those who have never heard it before. Yeah, so there's this guy traveling, and uh, he's going from Jerusalem to to Jericho, and he falls into the hands of of robbers. And uh, it was a very dangerous road, and, and this is probably why Jesus set his story in that, because people could picture this happening. And, and then and then two people who have some sort of religious affiliation uh, pass by him without helping him. And the person comes along, which is the Samaritan, which are people that are not liked by the Jewish people at all. And there's a number of different religious and even racial reasons mm-hmm. why this is the case. And, and he's the very person that would stop and helps him and goes much beyond. Doesn't just help him in the immediate, but actually leaves him at an inn and pays for any of his care that he would need uh, beyond that. And so I guess the question that Jesus' original audience would have been confronted with is, wow, you know, when they asked who was the neighbor, well, it's this Samaritan, this person that would be an outcast. And, And so I ask ourselves that, that, that question, like, who do we think is on the outside that we need to love better? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I, I think that, that that question is kind of answered differently by each person. Uh, but I think we all have people in our lives that we kind of dismiss or, or wouldn't think that uh, they would help us, or, and yet we're called to, to be their, their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you understand the the context of of that story and in that um, in that culture, right? When when you really you know understand this dynamic against these people, you realize that it's Jesus trying to take out of uh, take all the excuses that we might have into loving somebody out yeah. of the equation. Yeah, yeah, right. And and that's that's what he's trying to do there. And and you know these these very big divides. You think we have political divides today 
um, it was just as bad, if not worse, then. And sometimes that's lost in the in the context when we read it from kind of a Western perspective. But yeah, he's he's really kind of taking the wind out of everyone's sails that when we try to to fly the sail of excuse mm-hmm. and oh, but you know, oh, that doesn't reason. apply to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's and it's so easy to do, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I I do it. I often justify, you know, not you know, dealing with that or not loving that person the way that I should um, because of all kinds of reasons, mm. right? But, uh, but yeah, it's Jesus taking, taking that out of the equation and, and really he's going, you don't have an excuse, mm-hmm. right? I died for you. I died for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, you know, it's, it's so annoying. It always comes to the cross, he right? Said it's but so yeah, annoying. that's right. <laughs> that's right. Whenever we want to assert our, our rights. And, and again, in that story, you see, again, the two people that everybody would have thought would have acted are, you know, they don't act. And the person that was least likely to act, you know, mm-hmm. does something and, mm-hmm. and steps in. And, yes. and again, uh, again, takes away all of our excuses and our, 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 our preconceptions of who we should be loving to and how we should be loving to them. I would be amiss if I didn't suggest a, a additional reading oh, in this yes. podcast. Uh, you know, obviously. Uh, I, um, the, the book that... Um, Actually, uh, my wife Rachel and I read last year. Uh, it's called the The Gospel Comes with a House Key, okay. and it talks about radical hospitality and radical uh, Jesus love with the the neighbors around you. Uh, this writer uh, Rosaria Butterfield comes from this um, this lifestyle. She was actually a uh, a lesbian, and uh, she lived that lifestyle. Okay, and um, she through gathering around the table of a pastor and and another family um she really realized that that lifestyle um wasn't giving her the identity and purpose that she she was really looking for and it was actually in christ that she found that so now but then she had a problem she goes to church and she realizes that that the the community that she had in, in university mm. was actually a, a richer, more more deep understanding community than mm. she found at church. So she's kind of challenging the church to do better at community and loving one another. And it's a it's a really great read mm-hmm. um, from a great, like okay. really theo- theologically sound mm-hmm. and uh, so some really great perspectives on, on navigating political conversations with neighbors and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. It's a very practical, real book but that that's uh the gospel comes with the house key by rosaria butterfield okay yeah it's really convicting isn't it because uh it's easy to help people who are like us who look like us and have the same beliefs and convictions as us but as we're saying you know our neighborhood is much larger than that it's much more diverse to use a buzzword i guess but much more diverse than uh we would immediately see or immediately think well and and that's a reason uh that you know, we're called to do that is because, you know, it'd be easy to take the easy route, right? It'd be easy to live in that comfortable bubble. But now, you know, we have the opportunity to rub shoulders with, with so many different people. Right. And, and, and Jesus did that in his ministry, right? He was in the thick of it. And I think, um, I think that really is important for just personal growth and, and reliance on the Holy Spirit. Because you'll never kind of get to that point where you learn to navigate these relationships with the Holy Spirit, with humility, with all of these things that God is trying to build in us. If you don't, if you don't challenge <laughs> yourself mm. in, in loving your neighbor, right? Not just your friend, not just your family, but your neighbor. So true. And, and again, just a, a little thing that I, I saw in, in the story 
to help us sort of remember how we need to respond and act in, in these circumstances, which just the word acts. Mm. So A-C-T-S. And, um, and, and this would be my challenge to all of us is that we're in, when we're in these situations where we come across a person that's in need of help, that, that we would have an awareness. Uh, it starts with awareness, and, and awareness for, of people who are different from us, uh, looking at that, uh, things from a different point of view. Um, we need an awareness, but then we need to be moved with compassion. Mm. See, it wasn't enough just to see it and aware. The, the other two that passed by you know, they saw the situation, but they were not moved with compassion for others. And, and we need to be moved with this compassion to help others regardless of their political or their religious affiliations. And, and the next we need to reach out and touch those in the community who are most isolated and marginalized. Wow. And, and then finally, we need to sacrifice our time, our money, and even our reputation to love people no one else thinks are worth it. Wow, that's good. And so I think where this sort of hits home today is re- regardless of, uh, of our convictions on the, on the health issues of our day, it's clear that we have transgressed <laughs> against others. We've, we've had hasty judgments yeah. and, and unrefined rants. And we've convinced ourselves that our convictions right, is, is what's best for us. Because it's best for our family, it's automatically best for all of our neighbors, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And, you know, people say, hey, come on, pastor, that's, that's not fair. The others are just being unreasonable, right? And, and, and I'm sure that you can see that in all of these things. But, but even with the use of the others, right, <laughs> you know, it, it shows that they're, again, making a distinction. They're putting people yeah. in categories and boxes. And we often, we, we do it. But, but here is what God wants us to know and what he wants us to do is love people sacrificially. And, and, we, and we need to do this especially where there are people who are different than us or don't think the same as us who are on the outskirts even of... Uh, of, of what would, um, yeah, of, of society, society, as it were, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that, that is the difference between supernatural love that Christ gives us through dying on the cross and empowering us with the Holy Spirit, uh, the difference between that and, and what the world has to offer, right, in the world of echo chambers and villainizing mm-hmm. people and doubling down and, and just debating for the sake of debating, mm-hmm. you know, we, we gotta be, we gotta be Jesus people. We gotta be people that are, that are not getting sucked into that. Mm-hmm. And, and that is one of the most important things on how we're going to see heaven come to earth, how we're going to see our family and our friends know us by our fruit, right? And mm-hmm. know us. And, and it says in, in God's word, you know, you don't, you, you don't really love God if you don't love people like Jesus loved people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that, that's a reminder for me every day. It's, it's difficult, but, but it's, uh, it's a mandate that we have to heed to. And it's recognizing as well that we do need the help of the Holy Spirit. Yes. I think God knows that it's difficult. To go to Walmart, a, I need <laughs> the help of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Yeah, it's just true. <laughs> you never know when you're going to come across. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you really need to be able to call out and be like, Lord, I, I, I help me here because I, 
I, I, I, want, I really want to love this person. I really want to love, you know, this community. I, I can't do it on my own. Yeah. So really recognizing that we need to call out and, and ask for that help because on our own, you know, uh, well, if we were able to do it on our own, then, you know, what would be the need for Jesus? So, right. <laughs> so, yeah. When you preached this message, you said, the more we are in love with our positions, the less we are in love with people. Damn. So that's also super challenging, but, you know, true. Um, sometimes, and again, even wow. as, uh, as, as uh, Jackson was sharing there with, uh, again, people doubling down and, and people just really digging in their heels. But we need to love people sacrificially. And that happens only when we're loving people that are different than us or have a different opinion than us. You know, that's where it really shows. Yep. Mm. Um, you know, we can say <laughs> we love people, but do we love the people that get under our skin? <laughs> what do we do? Well, it takes sacrifice, but we need to love people sacrificially. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, those we need to realize that the positions that we hold really in the grand scheme of things aren't aren't really that, you know, earth shattering. Right. It's yeah. about people. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it really is. And that's uh, that's really convicting even to hear this message almost again since the last time we, we talked about it in the fall. Like it's just so poignant for this time for Mm -hmm. everybody Mm -hmm. we don't have to pray at the end of each episode but i do feel like it would be great to take a moment to reflect on where we may need to grow in loving people sacrificially there may be a prejudice or a bias that we have perhaps we have never spent time thinking about how we could love our neighbors pastor jackson would you be able to pray for us on that topic yeah for sure father god just uh search our hearts Reveal to us the places that we need to grow, where we need to, rooms that we need to give to you, and, uh, and people that we need to love. God, help us to stay moldable and malleable, God. I just uh, pray for a tenderness towards the convictions of the Holy Spirit for all of us, God, where we are uh, listening to you before we listen to our, our feelings, our reactions, things god yeah just just search our hearts and 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 uh, help us empower us give us eyes to see give us ears to hear and help us to show the true kingdom of heaven uh through the embodiment of uh, of living like jesus through your the power of the holy spirit so lord we pray that that you would grant us wisdom and power and uh and, and empathy for everyone around us in jesus name we pray amen amen Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor G, for, well, the the whole series, to be honest. (laughs) Thank you very much for joining us. Um, uh, This was great, and we've covered now love God wholeheartedly, love people sacrificially, and the next episode is going to be make disciples urgently. Quick, do it urgently. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Stone Church Podcast. For more information, visit us online at stonechurch.ca.